Hey everyone, the brew man here. I am taking a morning walk in Maui. Doesn't it suck to be me? I'm looking at this, I'm at a friend's house out here. It's just like a little wound down trip before we hit Seattle and then, cause we're sending my oldest daughter away. And so we're invited to come out here. That's why I did the West Coast trip, the uh, San Diego and Oxnard. And by the way, Oxnard, I did not think Oxnard was going to be that cool. I, I've never heard of Oxnard. I don't know what to expect, but it was a it was a great place to great place to play. My whole West Coast run was really really good shows. <clears throat> I record each one. I'm going to try to really buckle down and. Um, change my whole game plan the next year or two with touring and everything else I want to I want it to become more of an entertainment thing when you show up like from the minute you walk in the door there's videos playing and part of part of the podcast is on and Facebook videos or little videos that you that I don't post that you can only see live I don't know I'm I'm definitely exploring the next future. I started writing a series. I've never wrote a series before, but now I'm learning how to develop a character and how the character arc, his whole character arc throughout the season and how they interact with one another. And that's a drama though. It's not really a comedy, but anyway, all this comes down to, because my oldest daughter is also leaving for college the first, second week in, in um, August. So this is kind of our last family hurrah, hurrah. We get an offer to come out here in Maui. We're like, yeah, let's do that. And then we come home, and we're home for one week, first week in August, when I'm playing Cincinnati and Columbus, Ohio. And then uh, I head down to where our college is at. And boom, we're in it. My oldest daughter's gone. You know, I, I used to get really heartbroken thinking about it. I guess I still can if I if you start looking at the memories of. I remember her as this little peanut, born in Manhattan. I'd hold her like a football, walking around. I remember on my forearm. She was such a peanut. And watching them through all the stages in life, especially the first one, you you remember almost every. St- I remember when she first rode a bike, first time riding a bike, first time swimming, first time going underwater, first time flirting with a boy, first time she started dating. Her first, I, I remember everything. It's so vivid. But yeah. I guess, you know, if you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, God, the baby's going. But I have to say there's this other part of me that goes, I, and I came, I came to terms with it months ago where, you know what, that is what life is. Everybody goes through it. You have children. Your job is to raise them well, make sure they become good people. You don't want to over, be overbearing and overprotective and all that jazz. You just want to make sure they're good people and and they go away and they discover themselves. And, they, you know, we're at a friend's house right now and their oldest daughter went away last year. 
And, uh, oh wait, this is really good. My wife is, we're staying in this little house and she's coming to check up on me and she doesn't see that I'm outside. So I'm gonna sneak in the house and scare the living shit out of her. At least that's the goal. She's gonna check in the bedroom and I'm not gonna be there. Okay, hold on. This is gonna be great if I pull this off. Hold on, this is gonna be great. I'm walking out the door. Hopefully I can scare the shit. Ah! <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I thought you were in here. <laughs> Where were you? I was, t- I was walking around. I was doing the podcast talking about... So like, you went in here. Talking about what? Uh, just like Gabby going away and how at first I was kind of <gasps> sad about it. and But, you, you know, months ago I came turns like I, I'm actually excited for her. No, I know that. Wanting but to be independent from yeah. the age of two. Yeah. Yeah, she's been dying to be independent. Now it's her time to be independent. And if I didn't see... If I didn't see our... I, I'm super excited seeing our friend's daughter who is extremely confident in herself. And she's becoming her own person. That is... It's very inspiring seeing them all grown up. Yeah, learning how to make their own budget, learning certain choices to make that's going to help them and others. It's kind of a it's kind of an awesome thing. But you know, we're we're coming to the home stretch here. It's like boom, we go home, and then that's it. It's yay, and then boom, we head to Florida, and of course, of all weeks, of all weeks. Of all weeks, I have a job opportunity. It is, I don't want to give details. Just, just know it's, it's a job opportunity, uh, a job that I love being around. Is it a consistent job? Well, maybe one or one role here, another role there. It is, uh, why say it? Say it! And out of all the weeks in the world, the offer is when we send our daughter away. Who, by the way, already had really, I had great paying jobs and great shows lined up, which I had to change. It was Cohasset Mass and um, Hyannis Mass, which I'm doing the following week. And I said, hey, do you... Indeed, don't heckle me from the toilet. Yes, I mean, do you see, I, I get, this is what I live with. She's heckling me, saying get to the point from the, from the freaking toilet. Anyway, it's the week my daughter goes away. And I, I oh, she specifically was like, Dad, this is a big ordeal. I really want you there. Oh, and I really should be there. I mean, that's one of those first. How can you not be there for that? But of course, isn't that the way the world works? Isn't that exactly the way the world works? You want to watch your daughter go away for the first time? Big momentum, big 
big plateau in life? This is this is one of those biggies you're gonna remember to the day you die, or you know how you really want that opportunity with uh, a job on TV? Well, you can have it, but it's that week. What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> you don't need to know money and everything else and all that. It's just right there. What would you do? All right, part two. I'm taking a walk. I'm still in Maui. I leave for Seattle today. So back to the, what would you do? What would you do? Well, I chose definitely my daughter, man. Come on, that's a milestone. That's, that's, that's a once in a lifetime. You don't get that back. Now, here's the thing. This kid messes up. I got something to hold over her head the rest of her life. I sacrificed the TV show where I was a... I could have been a regular cast member. And this is what you give me? A new fraternity? You failed out? See, I can always hold that. I would study harder because, um, you know, you definitely partially ruined Dad's life. Just saying. Could have had a whole new career, but whatever, you know. If uh, being part of Gamma Alpha Delta is that important, and yeah, no, good times. Yeah, go ahead, go backpacking in Belize for nine months. What, what, you know, whatever you gotta do, that's fine. It was worth that whole career move where I dropped the ball there, but it's it's all good. <laughs> What a week, man. I'm, um, I'm walking alongside a highway, so if you hear all these. And I also have, you might hear a rooster or two, but what a week. I spent the time in Maui to hang out with my friend. We went deep. We went, f- we went far out there. Have you guys ever been scuba diving? Oh, it's the coolest freaking thing and some people are scared to death to go snorkeling or scuba diving but it's one of the greatest things we ever do when we were um, vacationing in March kids always get a two week break so when vacationing and it was raining a bunch like what are we going to do it's gorgeous out and like hey you know what let's let's get certified to go scuba diving and man it was hard as it was, was really hard because the water was freezing it, and the seas were really rough so a lot of times we we did our stuff out by the sea and matter of fact I remember trying to get back in a boat I'm not selling this very good but I'm trying to get back in a boat there's a, a practice where you have to go in the water and you have to grab onto your partner and you have to, to drag them it's part of the test, like, I don't know, 30 yards, 50 yards, and then drag them back. Or the... And I just remember one of the exercises, it, my wife is totally sick. She's yakking the whole time. She's a complete disaster. But when I had to get on, I was laughing at her for yakking the whole time. She was seasick. As I'm trying to get on the boat, the swells were so big, I started getting sick. And I'm trying to climb the ladder on the back of the boat, and I just, bleh, it all, 
streaming. And didn't. It was weird. It was like a button. I didn't feel that bad until that moment. All of a sudden, it just it just came flying out. And the worst part, a a, a million fish came swarming all around me to eat it. <laughs> that was nasty. So we went uh, scuba diving here in Maui, and we head to the water. And the first thing we saw was a huge sea turtle. And the coolest thing was this, this, this sea turtle swam with us the whole time. And there was one time where it stopped and it went to the, the ocean floor and it just hung out there. And we all kind of made a circle. And it was, just, and it was totally just checking us out. And we were checking him out. And then we took off. You know, then you see tropical fish and stuff like that. I think we saw more a eel, you know, barracuda, stuff like that. But, And then the uh, sea turtle came back. It was so freaking cool. I always want to see a sea turtle out in the wild. And on this trip was the first time. Not only see one, but also we went to the beach a couple days ago. And I took a walk in the end of the beach. And there's kind of these rocks, a little bit of cliffs. Not huge cliffs, but went by the cliffs. And every 10 minutes more sea turtles were showing up. It was from little tiny ones to huge, massive ones. I'm in love with seahorses. I'm in love with them. They're so beautiful and cute. I'm in love with the seahorses. They're fucking unreal. I love them. Seahorses forever. It's been a nice little, nice little trip here in Maui. Weather was hot. However, every place we visit on vacation, I'm not even exaggerating, my wife says, you know what? We should think about getting a place here. Every single place we visit, we should definitely, let's see how much it would cost to get a place here. Meanwhile, we're already, we're already in debt. I'm already in a gerbil wheel. We're looking at a patio and a, a bathroom and a basement she wants to do a patio for like 100, 130 grand. So we could get a house. A down payment on a, on a million dollar house. I'd buy three, four cars for that. For a patio? Oh my God. I think that's part of the problem hanging out with really big friends that are worth a gazillion dollars and rock stars and shit her her taste level went skyrocketing and i don't make that kind of i do listen i do good i do really good i'm not gonna lie to you now you gotta imagine this i've got three two kids in private school listen to me i sound like uh but I, i'm just saying your overhead there's another thing i was talking about or my friend, because he, you know, I look at him and go, well, phew, you're clearly killing it with a home here in Maui and here and there. But let's take it down. My, my nephew, he's got a tiny house, perfect house, if you ask me. He's got a little, little tiny two bedroom, very small kitchen, uh, you know. Decent sized living room, small dining room. It's pretty much 
what I grew up in in my lifetime. <clears throat> it's pretty much that's what I grew up with. And okay, let's say you and you got your basics. You, you get a car that gets you from point A to point B. You got maybe a little yard, very little yard. Uh, we're talking maybe 15 by 15 grass, maybe a one-eighth of a quarter lot, if that, in the, whatever. Let's say together, the two of you bring in 50 grand a year. 50 grand a year. Now, that's not, that's not a lot. You, you can't, you can't, you, you don't have a lot of wiggle room to pull a lot of stuff off. However, let's say, now all of a sudden, you're, someone passes away or something, you get a gift for $5,000. Do you think you're going to save that money? How much of that money do you really think you're going to save? Now you're like, you know what? I'm going to buy a new bike. I always want, I always want to buy. I always wanted this dresser. And now we're going to buy this really cool dresser. And it's like, and that, let, let's say you're, when I was on SNL. Okay. Now I'm making, I think you make five grand a show maybe 55 grand I don't remember this is this is like in the 90s and each year you get a 5% raise something like that I don't remember I just remember it was like 5 grand 55 tops okay we were living in someone's attic in someone's attic my wife and I there was no no there's no air conditioning during the summer the worst place you want to be is in someone's attic on Long Island with no air conditioning. So we'd put the little fans in there and the fan would blow. You have to stick your head next to the fan attached into the windows. And your wife's sitting there going, oh yeah, it's so hot. Well, come over here and stand next to the fan, dopey. You gotta sit next to the fan. When you go to bed, you would put, a, my mom would teach me this trick. When we grew up, we didn't have air conditioning. We would stick we would put baby powder on the sheets and you lay in it and it just, I don't know, it would cool you off. My mom would buy cucumbers and we'd wipe it on our face. And it was like, oh, it makes you feel good and it just, it cools you off and it's good for your skin. And then if you, now if you make some extra cash, you're like, oh my God, I got a bonus of 500 bucks. You're buying an air conditioner. You're not saving it. You're, you're spending that money. And I know that sounds hard to comprehend, but the higher the ladder of the money you make, the more you're going to spend on things you've been dying to have. You know, I always kind of wanted this car. You know, I always wanted this kind of chair. I always wanted to put this in the man cave. You know what? We always wanted a movie theater. Let's go nuts and drop a grand on a the movie theater. We just made three grand. Let's put a grand. You're not... <clears throat> you start making a million dollars. When I'm at Saturday Night Live... Now, granted, we, I was driving around a Ford Escort, and we kept that Ford Escort. We loved the Ford Escort. I took my daughter home in that Ford Escort, and I loved it because I paid for it with my own money. So, and then once, once SNL came, we moved into Manhattan because the, the, the commute from Long Island to New York City was a pain in the ass. 
And now you're having more things in the, in the city. You're having, uh, you know, publicity stuff and meetings. So you constantly got to be in the city a lot more. So now we go in Manhattan and you're paying, we went from 600 bucks a month to $2,400 a month. Or $2,750. I think it was something like that. The point is, we went from five grand a month and over half of it now just went to a new place. And now you're traveling more and buying more tickets and now you're going to dinner more because you can. Like, hey man, let's let's order this glass of wine because we can. No more drinking yellowtail that costs six dollars for a jug. Now we're gonna spend ten bucks for this kick ass glass of Merlot or Cabernet or whatever it is that comes from Italy because we are now thousandaires. We're thousandaires. We went from high hundredaires, now we're thousandaires. Now you start making tens of thousand. You spend more. You spend more now. Let's let's get a nicer hotel room. Why do we have to stay in this crap all the time? Let's get a let's get a suite. Look at this place. People living on the high hog. We're in the high... What? Let's treat ourselves. We busted our ass with nothing in our pocket for this long. This is us now. Holy crap. We made a million dollars. We're millionaires? We just made a million dollars? Let's buy the dream home and stay here forever. This is the dream home. And with the dream home, you have dream kids. Now with the dream kids, you have a dream car. Well, we can't drive around and afford escort the kids. You want to protect the kids. Don't you think you should get something like a little suburban or or something like that? Oh, you got two kids. Well, let's get a... Oh, now people know you. Everyone's mooching off you. Now you're making money and you get the moochers. All your friends get their hands out. Certain friends. I should not say all your friends. The real close friends don't do that. I had a guy come to me that I grew up with. I didn't really grow up with him. I went to high school with him. And he he was always he was always putting me in predicaments. When I was in high school, I worked at Sears. He would come there and he'd say, hey man, can you do me a favor and just ring up a paintbrush while I take this $500 tool thing home to my dad? Can't you do that? He put me in a, a, part of my French, it's a f***ed up position to put yourself in. And then, you know, I'm asking now and he wants me to invest. Hey man, let's invest for a coin, uh, a lawn a, a laundry shop. And I, I don't know. How to, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's an all-cash business, and I'll run everything, and da-da-da-da-da. And then when I moved into the nicer house, then it was, hey, man, can I borrow five grand? It never ends. He's a f***ing motherfucking big mouth, I'll tell you that. It never ends. And then you like taking... you Now you're used to like going out to nice places, so now some of your friends come... And you want to share things with them. Like, hey, man, you guys like steak? Let's go to the steak restaurant. You know they can't afford it. So you wouldn't put them in that position. So you pay for the whole bill. So now instead of dinner being 50 bucks, 80 bucks, now you're dropping $500, $400. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. 
for that amazing place in the city or that amazing place that took so long to get reservations in. At the end of the day, the more money you make, the more money you spend and the higher your tastes become. It's really, that is it. Dude, if I start making 10 million or 8 million, 5 million, I'll take 5 million. I will be set for a very long time. At the end of the day, you don't know. You know, I do all right. I got three kids, two kids private school, now one in college. So put that in your head, those numbers. Okay? That, that's, that's a big overhead right off the bat. So let's say right off the bat it's 100 grand or 80 grand. Now, you can't make 80 grand to spend 80 grand. You're getting taxed for over 40% of your money's gone for you see it. So you got to make 150 to 200 to live comfortable just for the kids in school. Now you're not even paying for the house, you're not even paying for the car that that your wife needs because she needs a a bigger car because every year she plants and whatever the reasons. The point is, my wife wants to put a patio in and the amount of money that I'm looking at for a freaking patio, a basement, and a small bathroom, literally, every time I think I'm really getting super far ahead because I, I, I just go, God, this, this really never ends. I'm not going to lie to you. 50, I'm very blessed. I knew this is what I wanted to do my whole life for the reason of I wanted to relax more. I watch my parents get the ass kicked as they get older. And I look at some people that miss their whole lives just working I don't want that. I want to enjoy every moment of life I can. I want to be able to go away and watch my kids' faces light up on vacations. And for me, yeah, I can afford things like going to Turks and Caicos or Maui here and there. And then the rest of the time I'm working, I'm gone every weekend. My kids don't see me on the weekends. But I want to experience that stuff. And if it's on a lower scale, even then, we would just go to a park. We would go to farms, we would go hiking, whatever it is, I don't want to, I don't want to devote my whole life to busting my balls, so that at the end of the day, what do I have, I'm giving my kids, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I watched my mom and dad, and, and something that was really defining for me when they passed away, more so my mom, Because my dad, I was just... He never really had anything. He didn't keep anything of value. But my mom had... You know, all these different clothes and... Jewelry and little... Wooden things that were carved out of a... a Giraffe and stuff like that. And When she passed away... I was looking at a pile of stuff. And what your life comes down to. Your life comes down to... A pile of stuff that's just going to sit there and everyone else, like a garage sale, comes along and goes, Yeah, you know, I'll take that sweater. Yeah, you know, I'll, t- 
The ring? No, you're gonna have to fight over the ring. Did she say who she wants the ring to go to? He's just, I'm looking at this, a couple bins, a couple wooden giraffe things. And and it really made me realize, it's what it comes down to. Your whole journey here in life, could be a billionaire. At the end of the day, you don't have amazing memories in your head. Beautiful moments that you could sit and make you cry. They can make you belly laugh. They could just make you feel amazing inside. Then what'd you what'd you do here? Things that made you people inspired by you. Things that have changed. You saw the change in your life. I mean Unless you're working and you're feeding thousands of lives or just making the world become such a greater place, it's more than just, hey, you know, I've, we make a ridiculous amount of money. I, I, don't, I, I don't see the fulfillment in that. However, don't get me wrong, I would kill to have that chance. <laughs> You know, if I'm hoping this one-man show does well. I know, I know it's not going to do great money-wise, but I know it's going to inspire a lot of people. It's going to inspire a lot of people. People are going to be able to relate this thing. Now, if it turns into something like, hey, let's make this a movie, hey, then great. Now I'm doing things I'm so passionate about. I was telling, I was telling my friend out here, he's like, it's so hard to do things if you're not passionate about it. When I, I agree. I hit an age years ago. Where I went, I don't... I think it was 2008, I turned a corner and I went, I, I don't want to do things for the sake of doing things. I really want to do things because I love it and I have passion for it. You know, I do the Mets updates after each game. And that one year, I'd do it. It was amazing. My wife was recovering from the first, no, second round of cancer. I already told you she's in her third round and she's doing good now for the time being. Life is good. But I was so passionate back then. Where then it became like a thing, like you gotta do it every day. I don't wanna do it every day. I don't I don't wanna. And I noticed most people don't even know I do it every day. They just remember, oh dude, when you did that too, that was the greatest thing ever. When you used to do the videos, they don't even know I still do it. They they have no clue. I mean, there is, there is a small core that does know, but I guess all that I'm saying is, man, I like to make the money, but it's not that major concern, which comes all the way back to my daughter. Would I like to be a regular on this series? Yeah. Are they willing to move just one week at a time? One week. I can do any other week they want. And that is the way it happens all the time. I can't tell you how many times in life where you're challenged with, oh, you want this goal or you want this to happen or you want, you want that to go down. And then the biggest challenge that comes along is, all right, well, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice the first time your kid rides a bike? Are you willing to sacrifice, you, you may not see your parents again because you know they're gonna pass away very soon. Are you willing for your daughter for the first time in her life, your firstborn child, going away to college, are you willing to be away and not be part of that? No way. I'm telling you, man, I can't tell you 
I can't stress that to you enough. How many times in your life where you like you really want something and then and then it comes along, money, and then you're gonna have to sacrifice something big. It happens over and over and over. You got to sacrifice something huge in your life, and that is that's the balance. It's like the good evil. It's the it's the the yin the yang. It's what Shaki, my friend Shaki, used to say. <sighs> anyway, coming into a uh, the end of my Maui trip, and all I think about when I come to Maui too, or I come to Hawaii. All I think about is Bugs Bunny. Oh, brother. Mets suck. What am I going to do with these Mets? I'm coming close to the highway here. It's like risking your life to cross the street. Nobody stops on this highway. All right, running, running, running down the highway. All right. Okay, so let's catch up next week. I will be uh, in Seattle. Hopefully, I will meet with the producer, director of a one-man show, see if she's truly interested and willing to help. And uh, I will continue with this series that I'm writing. I just started writing a series. I'm putting the character arcs. I'm putting the seasons together. What happens along the season from beginning to end with each character and how they interact. And I'm pretty, um, you know, if it takes two, three years to write, it takes two, three years. I'm not going to pitch it, though. I'll tell you that. That's the thing, everyone. Oh, you got to pitch it. I'm not pitching it. Because then you lose control and people mangle it. and They don't know what they're doing. It always gets caught up with whatever. Well, you know, uh, True TV would like this. Or perhaps we should go into... And you got to hope there's an agent behind you to try to sell. It's just... Ugh. I like doing things myself. I know how to sell my own projects. So let me carry on. I got to get on a plane. Got to finish packing. Off to Seattle. And as always, a tremendous thank you to all of you. Thanks for just listening to me. I don't even know if people are listening to me. Once in a while, I get people come up to me after the shows and go, Hey, I listen to your podcast. And that was... That's the only time I realized that people are listening. And it's... So I know you're there. All two of you. I just want to thank you. Thanks for being a friend. Thanks for just sitting and listening. And I hope you have a great week. And I hope whatever I talk about helps you. A little bit of laugh here. A little bit of relatability there. Whatever it is. Thanks for being there. I'll hopefully see you out there in the road. Thank you. So one last thought. I was thinking uh, you know, James was, my friend James was, he was just asking like, hey man, what's your game plan? And I was like, you know... Tour. I'm probably going to tour until the day I die, or at least I can't do it anymore. But the ultimate game plan is hopefully, you know, you tour. I'd really like to do the one-man show, and then whatever happens with that, just something to take me off the road for a while. 
would love to put together a series uh, about my family, really deep embedded series with sisters, brothers, real life stuff, real life stuff. And those of you who've been listening listen to me on Stern or an uh, Opie, I mean, that deep embedded and entwined and it's funny, but it's not. It's more of a drama, dramedy, I guess. So we're driving the airport, which is where I'm at now, which is why you hear that music in the background. I'm at the Maui airport. <laughs> All I hear is Bugs Bunny. Well, hey, you're connected, I'm connected now. He goes, what, so what's your, like, who's your influence? Like, did, what did Carlin do? Was he in stuff, or did he just do stand-up? And I started thinking, what did, George Carlin really didn't do TV and movies and stuff. He really just did his stand-up, which was probably one-hour specials on HBO. And that's his, that's his, I don't know how many he had, probably 13, 15, maybe more. I don't know, somewhere somewhere in there. So, I'm sure he got paid good money at that time, whatever the asking price was for him. He asked, well, you know, what about like a Don Rickles? How does a guy like that, like, did he do TV? And I think Don did a little TV, maybe a film spot here and there. Maybe the Vegas days helped him. And I started thinking, honestly, you know who is been a tremendous influence or motivator I should say a motivator was a Louis CK and what he did is pretty much what every entertainer wants to do and what I mean by that is uh, he he wrote a show he not only wrote the show I guess I don't know how the deal went down but he, he does a show on FX which at the time FX is not really a big channel it's it's got more like little shows no one's really heard of and he gets a budget I think it was I think he said on Howard it was $250,000 or whatever it was and he took that entire budget wrote the show directed the show edited the show and the brilliant part to me is he didn't hand it in he like there was no here's what it looks like he wouldn't show it to them so he didn't have to deal with network notes and all that other nonsense. He just got full-blown 100%. We trust you, and it's it's mine or nothing. And the fact that FX did that and the fact that Louis was able to pull that off, to me, that's sheer brilliance and genius. And I was telling James, well, that's what kind of led to that, that show, whether you liked it or not, like I never saw the show, but I knew all about it because FX promoted the living snot out of it. Because now what that show did, let's say the ratings weren't great. The ratings were like, I don't know, let's say they were 0.5, He's getting half a million viewers, 300,000 viewers, a half a million viewers, which is more than that network has ever thought of having. So now they're able to take all that money and advertise him more and more. And now he's up for Emmys. And and then, you know, he wins an Emmy and, and now he's all over the map. Selling out. And plus he's, you know, he is 
clever and funny and that that definitely helps but under a working model I definitely respect and I'm really inspired by Louis CK for what he did not only for guys like me that hey you want to get off your ass you want to you want to really go for it well then go for it and this is the way to do it and then there's and then there's guys like uh, I was on Opie show one time and uh, the hell's his name Judd Apatow comes on I saw him at like a Billy Joel concert then he came on to promote a new series he's doing or he was doing this is at least a year ago maybe even more over a year ago and um he comes on the Opie show I think it was Opie and Jimmy and he proceeds to talk about the series that he wrote but he also said how he writes a series and how he boards it out how he takes characters and he writes this is how they begin and this is how they end and here's how here's how the season starts with everyone and here's how the season ends and then that makes life easier uh, to build that bridge and gap it together and then the middle you have the arc where the characters have major changes and arcs in their life and what's going on and their goals and that that moment really inspired me because I thought my my biggest problem is I have in my head I think is a really entertaining very emotional TV series however I I just am not great on putting like I'm all over the place I go do I start with 10 years ago do I start five years ago do I start now do I is it more just based on me is it the neighborhood is it family was it everything above is it this and that but the more I listened to that the more I realized oh wow this is this is how you do it so this new road trip that I've been doing especially on the west coast I've sat down and I started writing. I got a notebook and I started writing it all out. Here's an episode. Here's the character arches. Here's seasons. I start writing seasons. Here's what happens this season. Here's what happens the next season. I think I'm up to four seasons. Hey now. I have my boarding pass. Please have your boarding pass out and ready to present to the gate agent as you board I have my boarding pass. Thank you. Um. So that's what I'm going to do. And, and James is like intrigued by that. He's like, whoa, so that's your plan? <laughs> like, well, yeah. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. We'll have to, that's, a, <laughs> that's another whole question. Whether I... And then even then, you have to make sure you have the good team around you. Is my team the right team to have that? Who are the writers? Like, do you get writers before that? Do you write as much as possible? Because my industry, too, everyone pitches. We're going to pitch and see who wants to listen to the idea. And but then you lose control of what you want. It's 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 not as easy as everyone thinks. The most frustrating thing is people come up like, hey man, why aren't you in movies? I don't know, why don't you ask my agency? You know, I'm not put up for anything. I'm never put up. Hey, why aren't you on TV? I don't know. What what are you asking me for? Go find me something. Everything I get is from friends. Kevin James puts me on his show. Hello, the airport is a smoke free 
Oh, just in case you guys didn't know. There you go. If you ever been to this airport, now you know it's smoke free. There you go. Um, but anyway, getting ready to hop on a flight and head to Seattle. Anyway, all right. I'm starting to go all over the place. Thank you for listening, man. God, you guys are awesome.